Welcome to West Franklin Talks. My name is Dave Cruz, and right across the room from me is our campus and teaching pastor, Matt Pearson. Hey, Dave. And we are back for another episode. Hopefully, we're going to uh, engage you with some truth from Scripture that you can apply to your life. What are we doing today, Matt? We need to celebrate something first. We're approaching episode 20. Yes. This is episode 18. Yes. And I know I should probably wait until it's 20, but I want people to get ready for it because this is like a week from today. If we air another one Thursday. Yes, which we are because we just recorded it. Yeah, and if we post another one on next Monday. God willing. That's number 20. That would right? be, be something. And like there are four people listening. Yeah, I was thinking as I, on that as I drove in today, just going, if COVID hadn't happened, we'd be on like episode 10 or 12 or something, so... Thank you, Kobe. It's definitely um, accelerated the timeline for, for milestones. Yeah. So, back to the Bible. So, preaching through Sermon on the Mount. Yes. And this past Sunday was the largest chunk of Scripture that I perhaps have ever preached through or been tasked to preach through in 15, 20 minutes. I can promise you did a great job. Well, you know, I appreciate that, Dave, but there was a lot that we didn't get to. Yes. Even after the next 20, 25 minutes here, there's going to be a lot we don't get to. Yes. The verse chunk under consideration was verses 13 through 37 of Matthew chapter 5. And and that isn't like short little verses. He's not like Mark who just kind of throws his thought right. down in a couple words and moves on. Exactly. And it's also not narrative. No. These are like every half verse demands 30 minutes of explanation. So every half verse, 13 through 37, that's what, a 20, no 24, so that'd be 48 considerations for us. I mean, we could do a two-parter. Nah. That's why I linked resources so people can go study themselves. See, that's why you're wise. I was also going to suggest we could talk like the micro-machine man. I can. I'm from Alabama. I just can't do that's that. That's the joy of editing. I can speed it up. <laughs> so. All right. So right after the Beatitudes, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. And he says, if salt loses its taste, how could it be made salty again? You might as well just toss it out and let people trample on it. Yes. Why do you think he comes out he, he comes out of the chute right after blessed life and says, you're the salt of the earth? What does that have anything to do with being blessed or blessed, Dave? So the... I have a joke. I don't know how to give it, so I'm not going to. Let's just oh, jump into come on. it. Every Let's just listener jump into here it. is going to want to know what the yeah, joke is. Yeah, it's a bad joke. So okay. Like bad and not not just, yeah. D. Cruz at westfranklinchurch.com. He'll give you the joke. And once you email me, I'll have forgotten the joke. So <laughs> save your time. I won't remember. Um, all right. So why is Jesus saying, hey, be salt? Uh, you know, Matt, I think I want to stop and, and remind our, our folks first. We have these nice little headings in our Bible. Yes. There was no heading. No heading. And so Jesus flowed right out of the Beatitudes, or the Beatitudes, whatever you want to call them, and went right into, hey, your salt, your light. Yeah. And so he's he's just told all of his, his people that are sitting there listening, people that are exploring, am I going to follow you? Mm-hmm. People that have already said, yes. You are Messiah. I am going to follow you. And he just gave him. here's all these things that, that make you blessed. He immediately follows up with, I've just given you the blessing. Now here's the responsibility. You have truth. You're to take the truth 
with you. You're to flavor mm-hmm. the world. You're to preserve mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so as I as I read that passage, we're not talking about hey, we're supposed to be salty people who who disagree with everybody. We're supposed to be people that go in and we bring the truth. Because Jesus has given us the responsibility to influence, to flavor, to preserve. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I'm so glad you said that about salty. Because you know where I see most Christians be salty? T- towards each other. And Well, in social media. Oh, definitely. I mean, they just they just forget who they are, period, and just go off on things. And they're, they're, they're like, well, maybe they're thinking I'm salty. Well, that's not what Jesus means here. Yeah, no. This is add flavor to the world that that that's a good taste in people's mouth. Mm-hmm. Preserve what God has intended for good. Yes, that kind of thing. Yes, and he goes on to say, "You're a light of the world. City on a hill cannot be hidden." Yeah, if you've ever driven at night and seen lights of a city, you're drawn to it. Mm-hmm. It's it's fascinating. So again, that this attraction piece, and I, I think Jesus summarizes it. And in that verse 16, he goes, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That's that's a miracle. How so? Because if someone sees your works and give God glory, not you, <laughs> yes, that's a miracle. Yes. And I think Jesus is saying, live in such a way so that people would be attracted to God. They may not like God yet. They may not know God yet. They may not love God yet. But they're thinking, whoa, I knew you six years ago, and you were an angry idiot. And now you seem like you're ruled by something else. Yeah. And and you're able to say, let me tell you about my king and yeah. what he's done. And I think that's the key there. People are going to see our works and be quick to want to praise us. Mm-hmm. We have the responsibility, yes. the opportunity at that point to to point them towards the king. Yes. And so, you know, that whole disciple making disciple thing. Yeah. That that's what that is right there. Right. Making sure that the credit towards the change that's happened in us and the right. change that we are hopefully bringing right. is not attributed to us but to to God. Yeah. So good. Hard, well, it's not hard. It's supernatural when we let him yeah, it, it is hard, though, because we do like to receive praise. Yeah. Man, I am working hard, aren't I? It's hard on our pride. It is hard on our pride. I don't have any pride. I'm just, I'm eat up with humility. Yes, that's that's the first <laughs> word that comes to my mind when I think of you, humble. Okay, so he moves into give glory to God to this incredibly massive statement, which I started the, the sermon off with, and that is Jesus saying, don't think I've come to abolish the law. Mm. I haven't come to abolish. I've come to fulfill it. Mm. Can you imagine, Dave, if you're a religious leader and you see this poor-looking carpenter's son from Podunk, Nazareth, and saying, I have come to fulfill the law? Yeah, and, and you think about it. The law hadn't been fulfilled in thousands of years at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, it had been there, yeah. and no one had come close to being able to fulfill it. Nowhere close, although the religious leaders probably thought they were. They probably thought, but then they... Woke up one day and right. got a surprise right. after they died. Yeah. So who but knows? Yeah, I mean, it's a massive statement. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, you can't do it unless you come to me. Right. So so let me ask you this, because I've had conversations with people. Well, if Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, mm-hmm. is it still in effect? Do we still follow it? Well, what does he say in the next verse? Truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of, of 
a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so so the laws, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. Correct. Um, when you read through there, there's a lot of interesting yes. laws. Yes. So we, I want to make sure our, our listeners... Uh, understand what we're saying here are you saying that hey i can't wear clothes that have mixed uh mixed fibers and i'm not supposed to shave the side of my beard no okay i I don't think jesus was saying that okay so uh, expand upon that well this this is one of those things that gets down to how to interpret the bible how to interpret the law we might need to devote a whole another episode to that, especially if we have questions in relation to this, which we welcome, by the way. Yes. D. Cruz and M. Pearson at WestFranklinChurch.com. Jesus' point here is the demands of the law, the expectations of God, what is required to be in his presence are there. The law is good. God put it for the good of humanity. God put it for the good of culture. God put it for the good of the nation. Mm-hmm. It is there. It is good. It is required to be in his in the presence of God. No one can do that, however, unless they trust that Jesus fulfilled it. Right. Everything that God said is required. It can't be required, however, unless we believe Jesus fulfilled it, and that's our only hope. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I just I I wanted to make sure we got that out there because I knew yes. someone was going to sure. hear that or sure. read that and be yeah. like. Well, I have to go do all these things. Right. And if you want to talk further uh, or want to want to dialogue further about how to interpret those bizarre laws, reach out. Maybe it'll be a podcast episode. Maybe it'll be a blog post. Maybe it'll just be a response in an email. Or a face-to-face conversation over a cup of coffee whenever we can get back to you think You think we can do that? Maybe have a piece of pie and some coffee? And... Uh, I'll settle for the coffee. You don't want pie? I know you're diabetic, but you can cheat. I, yeah, I'm pretty picky on my pie. I'm gonna be honest. If it's not Grandma's cherry pie, I'm not too worried. Grandma's about it. cherry. Yeah, and Grandma's it, not here anymore, so uh, it's hard to have it. <laughs> so, uh, a la mode. Uh, no, no ice cream, just cherry okay. pie. All right. All yeah. Right. Well, my grandmother, God rest her soul, her chocolate pie. Mm. My all-time favorite. Oh yeah. Now I've eaten other chocolate pies before that were very good. Yes. But they weren't hers. As a matter of fact, I asked her to do the dessert for my rehearsal dinner. Mm. And God bless her soul, she cooked 12 to 15 chocolate pies and drove from Decatur, Alabama to Birmingham, Alabama, scared out of her mind that they weren't going to arrive well, and they did. Awesome. That's a good grandma right there. Yes, yes it is. Hey, we should probably get back to the scriptures. Okay. So Jesus moves on from there, and he, and he talks about murder. He talks about adultery. He talks about divorce. And he talks about oaths. Man, four fun topics. Yes. And I, I gave a flyover. Mm-hmm. In, in the sermon on Sunday, uh, but it's it's important that we we dive into this a little bit a little bit more. I believe. Let me read the let me read the text. He he says regarding murder and anger. He says, "You've heard that it was said to our ancestors, do not murder.' This is verse twenty one, by the way. Do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire." So if you're offering your gift on the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on their way with him to the court. Or your adversary will hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out of there until you've paid the last penny. 
Jesus lays everybody flat. Mm-hmm. I imagine the religious leaders walking around pompous, proud that they hadn't murdered, proud that they obeyed that aspect of the law, and there are probably some people in the crowd who had been guilty of murder, and Jesus says, I say, if you've ever been angry, you're going to hell, which means, is anyone excluded? No. No. There's, there's not a person that's never been angry. Well, there's one. Jesus. And he was angry. But it was a righteous anger. Right kind of anger. Yes. There is a right or wrong kind of anger. I would venture to say, don't hold me to this, I don't have any scientific proof, that most of the, myself and most of the people I know are guilty of the wrong anger 90% of the angry time. So Jesus is, is saying, okay, if you just focus on murder, then big whoop. Yeah. But if you ask yourself if you've been angry. It changes. Yeah. You got to start doing some heart work. Yeah. And you got to start looking at your relationships. Yeah. And, and he immediately ties it to go do mm. when you when you realize mm-hmm. you have something go do it go do it yeah. even if you're in the process of doing something important mm-hmm. worship offering a sacrifice yeah leave it at the altar and go do it how many people do you think come to our church on sunday pre-covid and post-covid that give offerings sing to the lord take notes but have a laundry list of people that hate them or they hate? I would say everyone. Yeah. I would say everyone. Yeah, I've, I've had to tell people before, you know, and I, I wrestle with this con- this concept, if so, push back. But, you know, I've wondered and, and had to ask questions of, does God even accept my worship? Mm-hmm. If I knowingly am mad at somebody or know that I have wronged somebody mm-hmm. and they're mad at me and I'm not going to go do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Whether or not he accepts your worship or not, I can't answer yeah, that. Yeah, I know. But I do know he's not your Lord right there yeah. in that area, which is the whole purpose of this sermon. Yeah. What does it look like to live under the kingdom rule yeah. of the loving Lord? Could you imagine what it would be like as families pull into our parking lot if they actually took a few moments before they got out of their car to look at one another and start saying, hey, I, I did you wrong this morning on the way here or last night as we were or whatever. And there was actually starting the process of worship in the parking lot rather than well, now we just got to get the kids in or we got to go find our group or we got to get our, our bulletin or whatever. But yeah. you start the process, and maybe it's even before you get in our parking lot. That would be something. Yeah, We'd uh, be wondering why people were just hanging out in the parking lot, though. <laughs> well, the kingdom of God was coming to their van, yeah. to their Yukon or whatever. Yeah, I'll never forget a time when we were growing up, and you're welcome for this, Mom, if you listen. But we were just being... Everybody was stressed, and we were just being berated all the way. I'm, I'm sure it was deservedly so, all the way to church. And it was just blah, 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 blah. mom and dad just arguing at each other, arguing at us. And then mom gets out of the car and just completely changes her tone. Hey, Sandra. <laughs> Good morning. You know, that kind of thing. And we still, <laughs> we still laugh about that. <laughs> So yeah, I mean we're we're good at we're good at covering it up. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, gosh, there's more I could say about that, but I want to move on. Oh yeah, next one's kind of a biggie. Well, all of them are big. Isn't it interesting that the first two Jesus talks about are anger and sex? Mm. Pre-COVID nineteen, Dave. Anytime you turned on the news, what was it about? Somebody was angry at somebody, or there was a moral failure? Yep. Or there was some accusation? Yep. It's almost as if Jesus was preaching this in the year 2020. And yeah. Since he's eternal, there's a, in a sense that he is. But Jesus says, you've heard that it said don't commit adultery, but I tell you, if you've ever looked lustfully at a woman, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. Mm-hmm. 
lays everyone flat because yeah. no one can say they've never lusted over someone. And if they say they never have, they're lying. Yes. And Jesus says, well, you've, you've committed adultery. Mm. You know, it's interesting, Dave, I, I hear people, well, I don't hear people say this, but no one has ever woken up one morning on just a random morning and said, I'm going to commit adultery today. Yeah, I don't know of anyone that said that. It starts with lust. And Jesus, and, and back to murder. No one ever just randomly wakes up in the morning and says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna murder somebody today." There's, it starts with anger, and it just builds and builds and builds and builds, and it starts with lust, and it builds and builds and builds and builds. And what Jesus is saying over and over again, if you just focus on the act, you're never gonna do the heart work. Yeah, you're never gonna ask yourself, "Gosh, why did I look at that person that way?" Yeah, and, and in the and the heart work is so valuable, so important. I mentioned it last week in in closing up the the service that. From the heart, everything else flows. It's the wellspring. And so when we start asking, well, why is Jesus talking about the things that are coming out of our heart? Well, he's trying to get us back up to what you preached on two weeks ago, I think, the the, the uh, blessed are the pure in heart. And so, you know, um, we, we have to do the hard work. It's so easy just to be like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm going to not worry about it. But Jesus is clearly telling us if your heart is not in the right spot, mm-hmm. You really need to question. Yeah, yeah, and he's not letting us off the hook with mm-hmm. lust here by, by any stretch. So don't don't mistake what I'm about to say, but he does say, "Listen, this is a heart issue. Mm-hmm. Like if you commit adultery, if you lust, if you if you act on your lust in any way, it's wrong. It's a sin and needs to be repented of. But let's let's take a step back. Um, I've I've the best counselors I've ever read in books or been with personally aren't necessarily worried about the act." That I do or have done or my or a friend of mine has done or a spouse has done. They're they're they want to know what's going on in the heart. That's why Jesus says, committed adultery with her in your heart. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you do it, go pull your eye out. Yeah. Cut your arm off. He says, if it causes you to sin. Yes. So what does he mean? Well, that's hey. what I was gonna get you to answer, okay. Matt. Well, if you're he's saying be radical with it, right? Yeah. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better for you to go to heaven with half your bod than <laughs> go to hell with just, your whole bod. <laughs> there's so many things that could be said yeah, that it, probably just shouldn't yeah, be that, right that, now. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. But I think his point, Dave, and you can push back on me here, is his emphasis is if it causes you to sin. Mm-hmm. You can have one eye taken out and still lust. You can have one hand cut off and still lust. Mm-hmm. He's saying, okay, let's be radical with that thing that's causing it. And over and over again, Jesus is wanting us to examine our heart. Yes. What am I not understanding about being under the kingly rule of Jesus when I lust? What am I looking for that's already mine because of Christ? What what do I need to obey here? And so, it's again, it's a heart issue. And if we just say, hey, I've never committed adultery. I haven't touched a woman who's not my spouse. Well, good. But... Why did you look at that person in that way in that commercial or on that website or when you're driving home or whatever yep. it may be? And ask yourself why and do radical business with it. As I've heard recently, someone say the the, the inside part of us is massively bigger mm, yeah. than the outside. Yeah. So Dave, explain to us what he means by divorce here. <laughs> he means don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. All right. That, okay, let's the, move on. That's the very simplified version yes. of it. Yes. I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, we in our culture, and I, even in his culture, as I as I read and understand as best I can about the the historical culture he lived in, 
divorce was a very common and accepted thing. Yeah. And when you read some of the different views from the religious leaders of the day, uh, you had a wide range of, of views, but all of them said it's permissible. Mm-hmm. Jesus is coming in going, it's not permissible except in uh, adultery. Yeah, like moral failure. Moral failure. Yeah. And, and even, uh, even that's the last straw. Even that's the last straw. And, I, and he quickly says, if divorce happens and remarriage happens, rut-row, now you got adultery again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it clearly shows how uh, much value and importance God puts on marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, what God has put together, let man not pull apart. Right. Which I and, and I think we have to be careful here because we know we have listeners that have gone through divorce. We know that they have been remarried. And they love Jesus. And they love Jesus. So, you know, this is where it gets a little tricky sometimes right. of how do we how do we walk this? Well, I, 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 don't, I don't have all the answers. Right. I'm, Me I'm neither. Not, I'm not a professional here. But you're right. If I if I'm if I had been divorced and remarried, I'd be thinking, well, am I doomed? Yeah. I've had people ask me that in in my years as pastoring, and we got to go again. Remember where he's coming from here. First, blessed are the poor in spirit. Mm-hmm. Then he just said, if anyone's lusted, you've committed adultery. So all of us are guilty. Right. I, I think a point, if not the point, of this section, Dave, is. If you're just thinking anytime you want a divorce, you just write a certificate and get out, Mm-mm. you're not doing the hard work of asking yourself, why Why do I get so angry? Why do I want to move on? What am I not satisfied in? What am I not content in? What What's not happening here? Mm-hmm. And if you never do the hard work, again, Jesus can't redeem it. Well, he can, but he, he wants you to invite him in it. Yes. Can't transform you, and you'll get married again. It'll and the and and it will same cycle. Yeah, same cycle. And again, I keep coming back to the audience that he's speaking to here. I mean, he's he's up on a mountain with people just all around him, and it's people exploring. Hmm. What does it mean? What are you teaching? How? What are you saying? It means to belong to God, to be in that right relationship with Him. And so, in some ways, Jesus is saying. As soon as you understand who I am, this is, I hate the word expectation there, but it kind of is. Hey, this is what how I'm calling you to live your life. Do not murder, but don't get angry. Mm-hmm. Try to get that under control. Don't commit adultery. Hey, that whole lust thing, yeah. get it under control. Hey, your marriage, you need to give it huge priority and if something falls apart within it, here's the one reason why. And you need to understand, here's consequences, but there's still grace and love. And so there's this weird tension there in my mind. And as I've dealt with family members who've gotten divorced, they've asked me this point blank. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, I just said, yeah, you're, 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 you're toast. Sorry. <laughs> you know, So compassionate. In mercy, and, man. And, and, it's and, not my strong point. I've said yeah. that before. And yeah. as I've gotten older, I've realized, okay, that was probably the worst thing I could have told them and I had to go yeah. back. and. Well, I've, I've done the same. But to your point, Dave, and I love what you said, they walked away astonished. Yeah. It was as if a weight had been lifted. And so, yes, the... I hate to use the word demands, but I'm going to use the word demands. The demands are hard, but when you understand you're following the loving king yes, and you are constantly learning what it looks like to submit yourself to a man who would give you his life, mm-hmm. 
you begin to say, if he said it, that's what's best for me. Yes. If I'm going to follow this man, if he's going to give everything for me and he's king of the universe, then I may not understand it. I may not even like it, but I believe he wants what's best for me and I'm going to follow him. Yeah. And that. Which leads us to the last thing that I, I just touched on on uh, the second sermon, and that's about breaking your oath. He says, you've heard that it was said to our ancestors, you must not break your oath, but you must keep your oath to the Lord. But I tell you, don't even take an oath at all. Mm. By heaven, because it's God's throne, or by earth, because it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, because the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, because you cannot make a single hair white or black, but let your yes mean yes, and your no be no. No, anything more than this is from the evil one. Mm-hmm. You going to give a brief interpretation of that? My my interpretation is simply let your character match up with your words. Mm-hmm. Be who God has called you to be. Yeah. And let if you say you're going to do it, just do it. You don't have to, by God, I swear, I will, whatever. Yeah. It's just a, hey, sure, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's not that we're saying, hey, if you're in a court of law and you're being called upon to testify and they're asking you to take an oath, they're not. that's right. not what Jesus is talking right. about. Right. He is simply saying, let your character uh, drive your response. Right. And so if your yes is a yes, then go do it. And if you've told someone no, then let it be a no. Yeah. If you have to keep promising, that's probably an, an indication that you're not a person of your word. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, the easy analogy that jumps in my mind is when my wife asked me to do something. Yeah. Sure, I'll do that, honey. And then I keep sitting there, and the next day, hey, did you do that? No, I'll get, I'll get to it. I promise. Gosh, Dave, you're wicked. I never do that. Never. I'm horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's, but I'm, I, yeah. Anyway. Well, to to that point, Dave, how, how many people? I mean, how easy it is at church to be faithful, be committed, but your spouse and your kids hate your guts. Yeah. It's it's being one way. In, in some circles, mm-hmm. being another way in another. Yeah. This coming Thursday, we're doing a podcast on finances mm-hmm. and, and uh, giving and how to work, walk through a financial crisis like COVID. I can easily set my bank account to give 10% to Brentwood. And I should. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't. But I can easily say I'm committed. And my supervisor knows that. Leadership at Brentwood knows that. My wife knows that. My kids know that. And I just put it on autopilot. Mm-hmm. I can be very proud of that. And never ask Jesus or have a relationship with Jesus regarding my finances out of that. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's a direct implication of this text, but it's Jesus is calling us to be people who aren't necessarily known to following all the right rules, but being under the right Lord, mm. fo- yes. following the, the, the Lord who's calling us. Yes. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I think within all of this, that's where we have to remember Jesus is calling us. He's calling us to obedience. There will be moments that we fail in our obedience. And what we have to remember is that there is still grace. There's still forgiveness. Uh, There might be some consequences, yes. So, you know, if if you do get angry, man, you haven't lost your salvation. No. You haven't lost your salvation if you look at someone with lust. You haven't lost your salvation if you take an oath and don't follow through. You know, I think that's what we have to be careful here. We're not saying this is a legalistic you have to do. This is what Jesus is calling us to. And just like you said a little bit ago, we're responding based on our love relationship with him. And so um, I, I think that's what I want our folks to hear as we say all this. Yes, Jesus sets some pretty high standards for us, and we should strive 
to follow what he calls us to, if we love him, if we truly understand who he is, what he's done, what he's accomplished, uh, the price that's been paid. But we also have to understand sin nature's still there, yeah. still still striving to get us to trip up and fall and all of that. So there will be a moment, hopefully it won't be many, but there will be at least one where you're going to have to turn back and go, okay, God, I got caught up in my myself again. Yeah. My heart wasn't there yeah. yet. Yeah, I, I think a good litmus test for our mm-hmm. listeners, and I know we need to wrap it up, a good litmus test is verse 6 of Matthew 5, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, yes. for they will be filled. There's going to be seasons when you blow it. Mm-hmm. What does your heart say? Is it an ache for everything to be made right? Is there an ache for you to be finally fixed? Is there a hunger and thirst for that? Mm. You will be filled. Yeah, it's good. Well, if you didn't catch the sermon, you can always head to westfranklinchurch.com, find the media page, and uh, you can listen to Matt's really packed sermon in a short amount of time. But it's good. So we'll encourage you to go back and listen to that. We'll encourage you, hey, go spend some time in Sermon on the Mount. We're walking yeah. through that for the next, well, it's a nine-week series. We're yeah. two weeks into it, so seven more weeks of it. Yeah. Get get comfortable and familiar with the passages and uh, we'll keep coming back talking on West Franklin Talks. I encourage our listeners not only to listen, but uh, read, read the Sermon on the Mount for yourself. Ask Jesus to speak to your heart. Sounds good. All right. That, he's Matt Pearson. I'm Dave Cruz. We want to say thanks for being with us today on West Franklin Talks.